to Save by the Spell. Thank you for joining me again today. I do want to preface today's episode with a trigger warning. Uh, there is some content about eating disorders and addiction and self-harm on today's episode. And I wanted to give you fair warning that none of this is going to be censored. (laughs) Um, My guest today is Adriana Rosello. Adriana is a friend and someone that I've come to know over the last few years, especially because we did both live in the same neighborhood for a minute. (laughs) And um, it's just been a complete joy. And we've worked together, um, you know, as practitioners uh, sharing with each other our modalities. And it's such an honor to have her on today talking about such tender topics with me. This is something that I've wanted to bring on here for a couple months now and you know I wasn't sure how to present it but felt really important and I hope it resonates for someone out there who needs to hear it. A little bio about Adriana. Um, They are an intuitive healer, spiritual guide, somatic coach, mantra meditation teacher, embodiment and intimacy coach, transformational speaker, podcast host, and author. Uh, There is also a new community that Adriana has founded uh, called the Body Temple Church, and it is a trailblazing somatic and heart-based healing movement that supports others in cultivating and spreading authenticity through passion, pleasure, and purpose. You can definitely find out more about Adriana online at bodytemple.church also on Instagram at Art of Loving. And they have a wonderful podcast of their own called Soul Crush. I will link all of these uh, in the show notes. But without further ado, here is our very intense but amazing and so therapeutic conversation. And I just want to thank uh, Adriana again for being so amazing, authentic, and allowing me to be myself. It is so deeply appreciated. I hope you enjoy this episode and take good care. So fancy. Hello. Hello. I'm so grateful to get on this chat with you today. Um, so many reasons. I We were just quickly chatting before I hit record about the insanity of my day yesterday and how, how quickly, right. Things can be changed from one day to another. (laughs) How, how are, um, how are you doing? (laughs) Good. I, I feel I'm really happy to be here with you and, you know, doing these kinds of things really, they, ground me in this interesting way. I mean, I think just like connecting with other humans is something that is like basically the only thing that like (laughs) grounds me. So (laughs) I feel really happy to be here. And in general, yeah, I've been in a very expansive and kind of like on fire type of moment um, that feels really good. And also it's, it's a lot, you know, so my body is, is feeling a little like, (sighs) like I can't get enough Mm-hmm. full breath 
and massages and it just feels like I'm I'm in some need of like something um <laughs> and it's just like never ending but I I feel also very um yeah very like expansive yeah I, that I, I like expansive feels good I I don't know I've felt so strange and there's just like a couple of things that like have really been percolating in my mind for a while now specifically that I wanted to talk with you about what's funny is I've been wanting to talk more about body connection um particularly because I've had some big realizations uh in the last few months but I I was really hesitant to talk about this on my podcast and let me just backtrack a little bit here usually just for reference this podcast for me is usually just me talking into a microphone um, about my own experience. And then more recently, I've had, a, you know, a couple of guests, um, but I only have guests on that. I feel like I can, like I'm friends with them or I can be safe with them. So it's not, you know, I've had a few people reach out and want to be on the show, but I don't know them at all. And, um, you know, it's not personal. It's just, it's, this is such a, personal show to me like it's not a how-to it's literally based on my own experience and and I think um it's also not planned out (laughs) that's the other thing you know some people can schedule things and plan them out and be really organized for me the process is so uh, dependent on what I'm personally going through and that's how I choose what to share, right? So like even the, the content of today's kind of top, like the thing I really wanted to address today, what sprung it was because um, a couple months ago, uh, I had, well, let me, let me even just, I, I really feel like I need to explain what I was feeling yesterday and then I'll jump into that. So I was actually going to ask you, I felt it like lingering. So I was like, yeah, so like <laughs> thank you. Cause I was like, <laughs> tell me okay so you know for me with getting readings or healings or energy work for me it's always like by referral meaning like like the people that I go like I I think all healers and readers should get work done you know I think because we are all in a constant process right so but I also will follow kind of the referrals of people that I really admire and go, Oh, okay. Like they get it. So go back further. And I, you know, I love, uh, Jessa Reed's podcast or her podcast and then her Patreon. So she recommended a tarot reader named Karen Rontowski. Um, and I had a reading with her and it was really epic and great. And it was like, wow, I have not had a tarot reading like that in a really long time. So it was super profound and it helped me immensely. Then Karen in the session was like, okay, I'm going to recommend Amy Spicer, who I didn't know. And it was like for energy clearing and healing. So Tuesday, two days ago, I had this clearing with Amy and I, I forgot that I had scheduled it because I scheduled it like a couple months ago and I forgot. And then, you know, of course those things, they come up when they need to right it's always like right when you need to anyway no big deal we did this like like epic like energetic re like blueprint reset and like major cord cutting clearing with like both of my parents 
like and all of their shit <laughs> and like and she was like yeah you kind of have like these collapsing black holes of energy in your energy and I was like no wonder I'm so tired <laughs> you know we did all that work and and she was like like don't do anything else for the rest of the day I was like I didn't dream of it right what I did not anticipate was that yesterday I could barely I couldn't function um and in, in the best possible way, I felt like I was, my energy was shattered and fragmented. And then it was like totally reconstructing itself. And it was hard to communicate. I couldn't talk. I couldn't, I couldn't, I could barely do anything except for just be horizontal and then like meander around and periodically drink water. And like, yeah. <laughs> it's very intense. So, um, I'm really like still like in this weird place of being perceived as a being, but I did have this really powerful realization that I, you know, for the first time in 44 years, like want to hang out on earth. And, mm -hmm. um, but a lot of it has to do with what we're going to talk about today. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. So that was like, kind of, I'm like, how funny all of this stuff mm -hmm. and how it links together. And, um, and I love the connection that I'm hearing and you can tell me if this isn't what you're, you know, sharing, but there's this connection between being in this like almost fragmented, but, but like non-being space, right? Like the, the, like I, interestingly, I felt like that yesterday too. I just have a lot of things I had to do, but every time I talk to somebody that, and I would only talk to people that understand me yesterday, it was like, besides clients, but it felt like there was so much coming in so much psychic information. And I, I was just like, I'm just having difficulty, like communicating today, you know, like there's, there's, there's this spaciousness, you know what I mean? And there's something about, you know, this connection between like us allowing ourselves and one another to be spacious and to not really like know who we are. And, and, you know, if for a moment, you know what I mean? Like we all are deepening and who knowing who we are, but the connection between that and then being here, like you said, like the commitment that we have to being here on this body, in this body and on this earth and how like, you know, they seem like these like contradictory things, but they're completely connected. And, and like one needs the other, I think, or one's oh. even better than the other. Yeah, absolutely. And I don't know what happened, but like maybe around nine o'clock at night last night, I suddenly felt like I was in my body again. And then all of a sudden I was so overcome with emotion and like, in not a bad way, just like a lot of emotion. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It, and so my point, like going back to then also two months ago, which I think about the timing of when I booked those appointments and mm -hmm. then what also what epiphany I had a couple of months ago, it's not even an epiphany. It was more like it came out like a confession. <laughs> I like, I was talking, um, so I've had a secret that has been with me since I was 14 and it was something that came out as a teenager. And then it came out another time in my twenties, but then I just acted like it didn't exist anymore. And, um, and, but I, at 44 still will periodically have, have struggled with basically, um, trigger warning, eating disorder, um, and super intense body dysmorphia. Right. Um, and I, in a very, like, I have a friend who I just like confessed it to, like it came, it just rolled out of my mouth. Like I wasn't intending on talking about it. It just came out. 
And she said, have you told your therapist? And I was like, no. So I was like, shit. Okay. So I told my therapist and she's like, okay, well, like, you know, we were like talking about it. Now, this is the thing that really struck me, you know, is there's so much shame around, around it, um, that I've kept it like, and it was also this thing of like keeping a secret that was just for me. Um, and also the idea that it's not something that is like, by definition, like a, a standard version of say, you know, binging and purging for me, I found that this ED for me has been, it always comes up when I feel super dysregulated and overstimulated. And, um, and it's been happening, you know, since like 13, 14 years old. And that was also on the onset of a ton of anxiety, you know? Um, I, I, I've tried to do all the things like I got that, this book, The Beauty Myth by Naomi Wolf. Like, you know, I have to say everyone raves about this book and I'm sure it's really good, but like, I'm such a weirdo. Like the type face is so small. I can't, I'm like, my eyes are blurring and I'm, I'm going to sleep. Yeah. So I don't know. I just think there's so many things and it's more than just society's projections of what beauty is to me I think it's a huge distress call from our bodies that we are so inundated and psychically and energetically um constantly inundated with energy and information that there are so many ways that we're trying to self-regulate and that can be one of them Absolutely. I mean, the self-soothing, it's addiction, right? So there's, there's this quality of self-soothing, you know, and it, it's interesting because when you said that about the book, you know, when we first started talking about this, which is why we decided to do this chat with everybody, which is very vulnerable. And I just want to, I don't know. I just want to like, I just want to acknowledge, you know, that you're, you know, you're, you're a really powerful and amazing healer. And and a lot of people, you know, like look towards you and a lot of energy goes towards you, you know, in in these ways. And so I just want to acknowledge that, you know, that, that you sharing this is, is really, um, and and we were, we were talking about how, because this is the time now for you to share this, like there, we know that there's so many people out there that experience these things and whether it's not like, whether it's an ED or some other kind of addiction or all the things, even our, 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 technically unhealthy because i'm going to get into what that means in a second if we can um like technically unhealthy patterning right it's all there um but it's interesting that you said that about this book that when you you just showed it to me and people listening can't see it but it was just it was just all it was just words 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 and when we were originally talking about this the other day i asked you if you had this book by um my my friend kim kranz uh called blossoms and bones and i was like i immediately knew i had to send it to you um, cause funny, funny enough, I had it because, you know, I know Kim, but then also people have sent it to me. So I have like a couple extra copies that <laughs> I'm going to like send them out to other people. But anyway, the book is, it looks like this. So I'm going to show you and all of you can go look it up, but you can also see it's like these massive images. Oh, cool. Are like, it's all, it's like create, it's like artistic and it's creative right. and it's like a journal, but it has images of these bones of like the skeletons of 
an eating disorder in the closet that just have to come out. And she's trying to make this illustration book that's beautiful because she's a beautiful illustrator. She's, you know, and everything that's coming out is like shit. It's like, and she's like, I don't want to be, look at all this stuff. Whose is it? Where does it come from? Is it toxic? No. But then there's like these beautiful images and there's these prayers and there's these like pages that are empty with just like, you know, tears of a, of a, you know, yin and yang symbol that say like, I take a moment of silence and I begin again. And it's like, I just, I just feel like what, what you, what you shared of like, it's like, we have, there's enough information, you know, and, and especially when we're dealing with something that's so in the body, it's like, like creativity and art and, and, and like the earth and like these things that are, I believe like our disconnection from is what this like creates them in the first place. And I'm not just me. It's like, you know, a lot of my teachers that are more in the realms of um, like Marianne Woodman, who's a big teacher of like conscious femininity, not just as a gender, but as an expression of the way that we're connected to the earth. To her, you know, the eating disorder, she's also a psychologist, a Jungian psychologist, but the eating disorders are like our disconnection from the mother, disconnection from the earth. I mean, it's a literal split in how we're relating to food, right? right. So there, there's this way that you kind of, I just feel like so naturally we're like, oh, like that's not what I need. Like I'm doing, I know that the part of why this happens is because I'm self-soothing, you know, and, and even, can I share one other piece about that? Yeah, yeah. Okay. It, the, one other piece about it is like the, the, the self-soothing thing and what you said that it happens and it's happened in moments when I was overwhelmed in moments when I had anxiety and there's this interesting thing physiologically, which is a lot of, you know, the work that I do of like the sympathetic nervous system. And if you think about it and in terms of, you know, that's when we're like, that's what helps us like, you know, it take action, but it's also when it's, when it's stuck there and we're stuck there, that's where anxiety and all that stuff comes in. But, you know, I've, I've heard about it talked about once as like, if you think about the word sympathy, mm -hmm. like there's this part of us because it's so human to, 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 to know that we belong that wants us to even belong to these things that are like dark, like to whatever trauma, you know, whatever traumatic event happened in our history or in past lives, whatever, that it's like, there's this part of us that wants to merge with it because it, it's like, when we merge with it, it takes, it, it takes the power away. That's the self-soothing. It's like, and, and so it's just like really interesting, beautiful, but like, obviously at a certain point it becomes unsustainable or it comes into our awareness in a way that it it's like a, a symbol of like this isn't this isn't right for me anymore I need to work with this you know but originally it's this beautiful way that our body is like taking care of us mm -hmm. you know what I mean? it's like it, and it's so and and all so then all the shame and everything that goes along with these things it's just so fucked up because it's just like originally it's just like it's how we survived you know it's like these, 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 mo these ways of, of coping. And it, it's literally, I'm not just like saying it as a metaphor. It's like literally has saved our life in other moments. Right. And yeah. it's so beautiful thing, like depending on who you're talking to and right. There's this way of redefining what health even means and wellness even means for us, as opposed to it just meaning like what is good and what feels good. And even what is like in alignment for us to include what actually disturbs us. 
Because it's the thing that actually disturb us that take us into the depth of, of health and no, like inner, like knowing of, of wellness and, and that deeper layer of it, you know, that I think obviously is not so common in our culture. <laughs> no, not at all. And thank you for that insight with all of it, because it just, I mean, obviously there's so many nooks and crannies and let me just preface this by saying like, I'm not a health professional. I'm an yeah. artist and I'm a, you know, a medium and I, and I do healing work and, and all I can go is share with, you know, with you is my personal experience and, and I have to say, well, people are like, well, why didn't you, why haven't you talked about it? You know, I've been so ashamed of being someone that helps other people and then having this thing. And also there's always been this part of me just to put it out there that like, I've had so many things happen to me that like, I used to get kind of teased a lot or people be like, that can't be possible. That didn't happen to you too. That didn't happen to you. And I kind of was like, gosh, you know, like this has happened to me too. And I don't want to be like talked um, out of it or down from it or kind of, you know, like be like, oh, like, I'm, I mean, even growing up, even as like a young adult, like, you know, I would have, you know, people in my neighborhood, my community be like, you're so dramatic. You've had so many things like, and I'm like, and I, I used to get like really embarrassed about it. So there was a lot of stuff that I just internalized. And what's interesting, I'm so hyper aware as an autistic person, I'm so hyper aware of my body and what it's doing and every nuance of discomfort that like slight fluctuations in my body, in my shape, in my, um, I always do it like when I'm on high alert or you can tell when I've been in relationships that were very toxic, like I will put on like, I call it, I, I go into puffer fish mode yeah. and it's the inflammation in my body and I pack on extra weight. And it's yeah. literally, it's like the moment the danger is gone, that weight is gone. Like when I lived in New York was my heaviest. Um, and when I moved to LA, like from New York in 20 or um, what year was it? God, 2006. I moved to LA. So in 2006, I moved to LA. I was the heaviest I'd ever been. And in two months, just inflammation and water weight, I dropped 20 pounds in two months. And it was like, I wasn't doing anything different. You know, um, it was literally just like the, the armor just was like, Oh, you don't need that anymore. Um, you know, opposite when I go to New York, cause I actually recently went to New York. I'm from the East coast originally. And I also, we can, I don't know how much we want to get into this, but, you know, the effects of this time we've been in, you know, with COVID and, and how much that has affected our bodies in terms of that, that automatic um, protection or layers of, you know, our body perceiving things that we don't even, we're not even cognitive, you know, we're not even aware of um, yeah. minds, but like what you just described, um, you know, it's interesting. I have the opposite. So when I go to New York, I immediately start losing weight oh. and like, I come back to California. I immediately like get, well, I, my puffer fish comes here. It's like really interesting, you know, cause I just went there for two weeks and I literally was just like, cause during COVID I also, you know, gained 20 pounds, which is, I've never gained that much weight personally in my life. And so it's been a very weird and interesting time in that sense, but also it was very, you know, I literally went there for two weeks and I had like lost five pounds and I was like, 
you know, because I, does that really like feed my soul? You know, like I feel more authentic, you know, there for whatever reason. Uh And then that when we don't feel that we can be authentic on some level, our nervous system, like what you said too, of being in relationships that we can't be authentic in it's, we literally get sick. It's like, it's like, this is, you know, it's, it's something that I think, I think many of us experience. Mm-hmm. I absolutely. And it just also just like, there's so much intensity, um, with, you know, I know a number of people, including myself who've like, you know, put on some, I call it the quarantine weight yeah. and, and, um, you know, and there's like this mixed message, right. We get these mixed messages of be proud of your body it got through a pandemic, which I think is beautiful. Right. But, and then in like the next breath, we're like, you know, we're being shown images of like, you better get back into shape. You better do this. You better look like that, you know, like vaxxed and waxed and like all this, like really intense, um, being like trying to be shoved into some sense of, I don't know who thinks it's normal. Cause I don't think it's normal, but, um, like, some idealized and then on top of it the age you know thing something I noticed for me this year that I hadn't noticed before I was like oh I'm like looking at my boobs and like you know they're not as perky as they used to be or like I've got you know some extra you know there's extra cellulite there's extra dimples whatever and um just seeing my body finally look like a woman's body um, and, and being so disconnected from my body for so long, you know, and I think the other thing of that too, is like, finally, for the first time, um, you know, feeling, I don't know, just embodied, embodied, not even as a whatever female body for me, but just as a human, um, it's, it's like, I've never really been attached to my body in terms of, um, I love dressing in different, co- I call it like costumes, you yeah, know, yeah. and my whole life has been like that, you know, in the nineties, I was going to raves and I wore really baggy, like track suits and jerseys. And I had like that hacker's haircut. And I, I loved getting, um, like not being people, not being able to perceive me, you know, yeah. and I think a lot of that came from having a mom who was very, um, rock and roll and sexual. And like, I was just like really anti that for a long time. I was like, do not perceive my, my shape. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Um, yeah. but I, I don't know. It's such a weird contradictory time. I think, you know, and also what is healthy? Like, there's so many conflicting things about what health is and there's so much bullshit like that's privilege related about health you know or what people think you should be eating or not eating um you know and 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 a dismiss um a dismissing of cultural identities and things like that around food um and again luxury things right it's like I mean of course like for sure this is like in itself a privileged conversation and in so many ways and there's this way that like it's like this I mean especially (laughs) living in LA it's like it's very interesting and and um in terms of like how uh, in terms of health you know it's like this haven and I'm sure people from all over the world are listening to this but it's like 
people literally move here from New York to get healthy, right? And so like, that's part of why me having this experience is very interesting, I, but like, it's also true for some people, of course, like anything, but, but the ideas of it and how like, it, it's so filtered through the mind and something that we think we could figure out with our mind when we're actually talking about something that's like soul deep, that can't be answered. It's like the same reason why we can't just like read this like really dense book about beauty necessarily to connect to that inner beauty, but that maybe like a piece of art or something that's created can reflect that or being in nature or whatever, being in, in, in connection with someone who reflects that, you know, actually brings that out in us, you know, in ways that we can't just, intellectualize and 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 exactly like I, I had eczema like one of the things that my body does when I'm under intense stress um I have a lot I mean I can we could talk for hours about this shit. I have like everything from self-harming like in my more recent years of sobriety like actually physically hitting myself I started doing for a period of six months a couple of years ago um and out of nowhere like six years into sobriety and like thinking like I got my shit together, like, but the level of trauma that needed to arise in my experience was so intense. And I didn't yet have the tools in terms of emotional regulation, which is why then I spent the past two years learning about it. And why now I share a lot about that, that I would hit this moment of overwhelm. And the only way I could expel that energy and self-soothe was to actually hit myself. It was just like, it was obviously unconscious. It wasn't like I was like choosing that in the moment. It was like this demonic kind of energy that would come in. And it was literally like every person in my family, every woman in my family, basically up until me had been physically or sexually abused. Mm. Literally. Like, I'm not just like saying that, like to be like dramatic. It's true. Yeah. And so there was this literal man, the man within me was like literally hitting the woman, like I was like in therapy and I was like, <laughs> like Courtney, does everybody have like this literal of an experience? <laughs> because I am like literally beating myself up, you know, she's like, well, everybody experiences things differently. And I'm like, mine's fucking literal. And then what I learned through that experience, and of course it jeopardized my relationship. I mean, it was a dangerous thing. It was scary. And it was very shameful, of course, like what you were sharing about the ED, it's like, there's this deep shame. And especially like, I'm an embodiment healer. It's fucking nuts. You know what I mean? But because I am that my soul chose that, that's what I'm here to deepen my, my, my learning of that's what I'm here to keep embodying more of. And that was a phase that I went through that really actually created much. Eventually it created such a deeper relationship, intimate relationship to being in my body and now it's been a long time since that's happened because I know more when my system starts to get to that point, I know what to do and I know how to recognize it, but it took many months to start to, to be able to talk about it in places where it wasn't going to get shamed or it wasn't too threatening. Like my closest relationship, like in my, my partner, you know, wasn't like, they weren't going to be the one that was going to be like, let me help you through that. It's like, no, this was like very scary and like not, you know, so many things. So Anyway, I'm sharing all this because I think, you know, there's this way that like we perceive like health and well-being and like what is okay and like what what means we're okay and what means we're not. And, you know, that just goes back thousands of years of like the witch wound and so many things that like we are actually here to learn and embody that I think when we go through these dark elements or these moments in time where we actually are 
we lose control in some way, they can, they, they oftentimes, if we get the right support, they can really carry us into a deeper and a tr- more true sense of what health means to us, not just as an idea that we're like never ending kind of cycling in our mind, but as something that we're able to, to really be with, you know, cause then we could be with like more of a depth of, I think healing, you know, like, like what you, you said of like, it was also like the secret. And I have people sometimes like message me out of nowhere that I've met a long time ago, just saying like, I don't know why, but I have this secret. And I feel like you're, you're like the only person crazy enough for me to like, tell, like, can I tell it to you? And I'm like, yeah, I can't wait. I can't wait to hear the secret and like, hold you in it. And I have so much compassion. Like, Oh, like, this is so hard. It's so hard to be a human sometimes, you know, but but the freedom that we can encounter, you know, in these experiences where we feel safe to like, someone's not going to judge us to say, Hey, like I've, I've done this or I'm doing this. And I, I know it's not helping me, but like, this is what's happening. You know what I mean? And that it doesn't need to be fixed right away. Or, or it, it's just like, there's, there's something else there that wants you, us to learn, you know? Thank you. Yeah. That, I mean, and thank you for sharing your, you know, your more recent experience too. And I think that that's something that really speaks to that embedded kind of pattern and conditioning and like how, even if we think we're we're like, oh, well, I'm okay now I'm sober on this, but then this other thing will come up to reenact itself through us and it will get creative, right? Instead of it being physically a person because you would never allow that. It's like, oh, it's going to be me. And (laughs) it's like, you know, and I have that too. And I think a lot of this in my own, you know, ED experience, a lot of it has to do with, you know, again, the magical wound, not being um, like really feeling alone in it and always inundated and, ne- and not knowing how to ask for help, help or being afraid to ask for help because who's going to believe me? Um, that's a huge like storyline that's been in both sides of the family. Um, you know, and I, like, I often talk about, um, you know, in the recent years, since I'd met my biological father and learning about my biological grandmother, who was born in an institution because my great grandmother was institutionalized for seeing things. And my grandmother was a tarot reader at Woodstock. And, and like, these are all things that I did not grow up knowing, you know, um, the, and then, you know, my, my mom, who, you know, it's, it's um, the person who's supposed to keep, love you and keep you safe. And she was my biggest abuser, um, you know, mentally, emotionally, you know, physically, not so much, but it was a mental, emotional and psychological abuse. And a lot of it had to do with being embodied um, and being seen as a threat. And I'm not saying this to trash my mom, you know, because some people like, I will share, share stories and I think they're kind of hilarious now they're dark but I think they're funny now people will get really upset at her and I'm like you know I think about it now and I'm like she was so wounded she's still so wounded and I yeah of course I was upset and angry but like I can't hold that but yeah like those were a lot of my formative years I remember being like 12 and starting to develop and you know um coming back from the doctor and her announcing my weight to everyone you know, um, to the point where my uncles would be like, Hey, I mean, I was like four foot eight, 12 years old. And was like, you know, Hey, one, two, four, like they kept announcing my weight. Um, 
And then, you know, I go swimming and my mom called me Orca, you know, um, and she was on a lot of pills and things, you know, for, and she had her own perceptions of body. Um, and, but that was also all she had, you know, was this sexuality and like using and, um, you know, and I think I inherited, a, I inherited a lot of her sexual trauma and pain. Yeah. and pro- learned how to process it out through um, my own binging again. And then also not having a way to regulate my yeah. stress yeah. in a dangerous environment. Like it just, that's what it turned to. And I actually like, you know, there was no formal, there was introductions to kind of EDs and stuff when I was like in health class and stuff like that. But I was, I, I was like, looked at them as like, oh, you're just showing me how to do it. And which is really intense. Like there was no follow-up. I was like, oh, noted, got it. I'll try that. I'll try that. That's like, so it's like, because like mental health is so often seen in this way that is just so to me, like disturb, like, it's like, I don't like not mental health is disturbing. The way that it's viewed is so disturbing and it's so disconnected from what is actually like makes complete sense if you like really know what the fuck's going on in the body and the mind. It all makes like a thousand times percent like what we all experience in terms of mental mental illness and and all these things. But you know, it's like it's presented in this way of like a disorder or and you're and you know and if like that 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 inclination or whatever is there, it's just kind of like you said. It's like oh well, thanks for letting me know how to do it. Thanks for letting me know. It's like 1989 and you've got like a gym teacher teaching you a health class and be like, okay, today we're going to talk about eating disorders. And it's like some bro, like gym teacher (laughs) reading out of a book of like, okay, so anorexia is this, believe me. And And it's like, there's no I mean, you know, I've say things have changed and things have evolved and there's more growth now in these areas. And I, and I, I, but I think it's so much deeper than just like a binge and consume or self like control issue. It has to do with like, there's environmental factors. There's, there's, um, you know, there's energetic factors. There's, you know, these different things that we are not taught self-regulation and um or that you know like there could be something else going on more than the surface level of what you're engaging with and I also think it's so wild that like I am more than comfortable talking um in front of people about you know the time I would like break light bulbs to smoke meth out of them more than I'm comfortable than talking about hey I've been like making myself sick since 14 (laughs) like and that to me is also just disturbing because if I'm someone who's so transparent about my life and can keep secrets like this, what, who else is out there suffering? And I, I, I think the main reason why I wanted to talk about this stuff so publicly too is because I'm done suffering in silence. I'm done not having help. Um, and, and, and I think that there's probably other people that are probably feeling a similar thing, even if it's not directly related to ED, maybe it's something else. Maybe it's something else you're holding onto in an attempt to um, appear healthy, yeah. you know? Yeah, and it's that facade and that, that, that ending that, you know, it, it's, it, it, it hurts, 
you know, it like, it really like, I mean, at, at a certain point it's soothing. Right. And then, and then there, there comes a moment where it just starts to hurt, you know, it just starts to hurt to, to be that person that we know inside we're not, you know? And, and I think it's like, and I love what you said, Marcella, about the, our, how, the complexity of it, you know, the, the nuance of it and how each of us has this very unique experience of all these things and how many factors come into play that are typically ignored, you know, which is why when you, when you dive into doing this kind of healing work using, utilizing like many different modalities and people that have a greater awareness on how to get more resource, even through things like anxiety and depression and addictions and all these things that are just so common. And especially like after this past year, it's like alcoholism. And I mean, so many things have, are just at an all time high and suicide and so much suffering, like you said, and, and, and really being able to see the root of it, you know, cause it's like, I, when I was a kid, it was like, they diagnosed me with ADHD. I grew up with a parent that was an addict. It's like, nobody thought to be like, well, what's that like? You know? <laughs> it's like, well, have you been like having to pay attention to everything since you came out of the womb to be okay? Like, it's a little fucking stressful. You know what I mean? <laughs> pay attention to school. Like, who fucking cares? You know, so right. like, it's absurd. You know what I mean? And like, but then we carry that, you know, then people come to me and they're like, I don't know why I'm like this. And I'm like, I'm sure there's a lot of good reasons. <laughs> I know you might not know because it's scary and because we're trained to, to feel like there's just something wrong with us yeah. because like system is fucking broken. Like it's like, so we take that on just like as kids when there's addiction and when there's, even if you don't have a dysfunctional family, which like I would just assume 80% of people listening yeah. to there, we live in dysfunctional family systems in our culture, in our world, most of us. Mm -hmm. And so that in itself, like perpetuates this shame that says, because when we're children and we're just absorbing our environments, mm -hmm. shame is the I, feeling and the sense that I am bad. And it's like, no, the environment was not, it's not like good or bad, but it's like the environment was like unhealthy. The And then that's what we absorb into our system and we digest it and we start unconsciously living as if we are bad you know what I mean and then we develop obviously these ways of coping with it because we don't have I never had anybody up, like up until I was 29 years old you know like start to even say anything that made sense to me Li literally I didn't even talk to anybody until I was 29 that was just like hey like do you think maybe like you're you know like your dad died of addiction like you think maybe like you do all these things out of like addiction and, you know, you know, and I was just like, what? And I had gone through yoga teacher training. I had gone through all types of even healing things, but like, it, you know, it took a long time for somebody to just sit down and like speak some truth to me and start to like speak in a way that I understood that I was just like, wow, this isn't my fault. And I'm the only one that can change this. Like that's a deep thing to hold. On oh yeah. Well, and also like you, how much you probably repressed or blacked out, you know, like I, there's so many things that I didn't know until, you know, um, I started really taking my sobriety seriously. And, and that was only like four and a half years ago where I would be sharing things and I'd be like, Oh, that's not normal. <laughs> like, because there would be so many things that I blacked out on or just assumed were normal. Yeah. Um, 
And then finding out also like the deeper layers, you know, every one of us have such unique layered histories that are not just our personal story, but like our lineages, our ancestral origins, um, you know, uh, growing up where I grew up in Rhode Island, like um, I'm multiracial, but I didn't know. I didn't know a lot. Um, I had a stepdad who raised me and um, adopted me as I have his last name. Um, and he has since passed, but like my mom didn't ever talk about anything. And I didn't look like the people I grew up with, whether in my home personally, or even in my like school environment. So there was a lot of weird also like either fetishization or discomfort because like I did not look like what people thought was like um, deemable worthy of looking at, you know? So there was a lot of like, um, in which I think is funny now because like as an adult, you know, I'm like the things that are considered standards of beauty are these like ambiguous kind of like, you know, unidentifiable, like, anyway, it's just like fetishization at its finest. And then there's like the layers and layers of that. And there's like these, um, there's just so many things that factor into our, um, all the sensory input, all the things we're taking in, you know, and the other thing I would say is like, I wasn't, I was hospitalized most of my childhood in and out of hospitals for sickness and also related to my mom's own addiction. Like I had, you know, issues at birth from that, the first six months of my life. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, lack of touch, lack of, you know, all of those things that are supposed to be inform you of the world around you. And um, the safety of that and how, right. how, like, like, yeah, just like feeling safe being in this body after just being mm -hmm. whatever the heck we are before we come into the body of whatever you believe a soul, a star, you know, whatever, all of it. And then being here. And, and that's so, yeah, that's so crucial to, especially the early childhood trauma, you know, how much that also informs our sense of belonging in the world, our, our ability to, to engage socially, our, 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 our capacity to relate with ease. You know what I mean? It's like so much of that is rooted in this, this, these parts of us that don't even have words. It's right. why the sense like, Oh, I, I can feel something, but it's like, I can't explain it. And then they start to feel crazy. We start to feel crazy because we can't explain how we're feeling, but it's something that's so deeply primal that it doesn't actually have language. You know, it's part of why some of the things I share is in movement and is in sound and is in you know, art and, and, and creating, because it's like those put us to, in contact and they help us relate to those parts of us that were taught to become something different, to get love, to survive. You right. know what I mean? We had to cope and, and become something that, that we weren't like almost immediately, some of us, you know? And so of course, like why, you know, then to like be in a relationship and be authentic, like, <laughs> You like bring up every childhood wound. Like, of course, you know what I mean? Because we get to re rewire all of that through our process of how we then relate to one another and ourselves as adults. And it's just all connected. And like you said, even then past lives and our lineage. And, you know, I know I did a recent session with you and it was so, I love doing sessions with you. It's the best. And 
I also did this thing where I was like, oh, Marcella, like I can't do it for two months. Like you're so busy, like whatever. And then I was so happy because then like those months and I was like, okay, whatever, I'll do it anyway. And then those months went by. And then of course it came at the perfect time. And, you know, like, of course, divine timing. I really, I really have experienced it enough to know that it's real. And it was just so powerful because so much of what came through was like this, this, you know, uh, ancestral abuse, you know, and like really putting an end to that. And then I got to really follow the threads of what you shared with me in that reading and, and really do some ritual around it that, you know, it all just flowed so perfectly. And, and so, you know, some of these things, right. It's like, we're, we're putting to rest. I don't think it's like, I don't like taking all the responsibility for like healing my ancestor. Like a lot of times I'm like, bitch, like you guys need to like, get out. Like I got enough shit to deal with over here. Like you can go, like, I love you, but like, only helpful and supportive ancestors are allowed in my auric field. Okay. And like in my life and in my body, cause like everyone else, like, come on, but it does naturally happen. You know, I've had meditations where I like punched my, you know, grandfather who was like a paranoid schizophrenic alcoholic that sexually abused my mom and my grandmother and physically abused, you know, and I have had visions of, you know, like literally punching him into like the oblivion of the universe. And, you know, these things happen also naturally when we're choosing to heal the things that, 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 the, the things that present us with difficulty, you know what I mean? I think that that's kind of one of the main things for me in terms of health is that we're really conditioned to perceive health to, to be like anything that prevents difficulty. Mm -hmm. but, and like, I just don't believe that that's a sustainable model. I, I just don't believe that ultimately, it's not even that it's not sustainable. It doesn't also ultimately honor the wisdom that we have that comes when we choose and we're in a moment where we can choose to work with our difficulty, to, to grow with our difficulty, you know, to, 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 to be here with it, just like you are sharing this, like, okay, here's this thing that I've had since I was 14. And like, obviously that's been a difficulty and a challenge and like a, you know, something that is also now in this revelation of it coming out for whatever reason it is right now is, is for sure going to present some forms of openness and some forms of connections mm -hmm. that, that you're, you're, you're needing to, you're, I think probably both psyche, but also your soul is like needing to, to have, you know, and, and, and the service that you're here to give in whatever forms you are, even though that has its own boundaries around it. It's like, that is also a natural thing that I think we all, we well, all the, it, it does in it. And I think anytime we are required, um, or we want, right. Not even required. I think whenever we want to up-level our existence, um, we're going to be required to take accountability for the things that are still blocking us. And, and I think it's the same thing with like, um, you know, just, being in a lockdown for, you know, over a year and being, I took an opportunity with that to go, okay, like I'm going to, I'm working, you know, I am fortunate enough to work during this time because of the nature of the work that I do, but I really, if I'm going to have any level of depth in my relationships, or if I even want to remotely try and have a personal relationship, I need to work out some of this pain around my mom. And mm -hmm. And that was, it put me, um, I started like pretty intense trauma therapy in the middle of the pandemic. At the same time, um, some of my father's ancestors who were the Wampanoag tribe were like fighting to keep their land right. So I got heavily involved with that um, oh. on top of that. And then, you know, plus my own sobriety. Um, 
and and just and and then here here comes the eating disorder and it's like hey i've been waiting and it was just like shoved under there and um and i was still going to it for security like a security blanket um you know even though it wasn't keeping me warm it was just creating more like chaos that i could recognize and yeah. i knew how to operate in and and um and i think so there's like a few things that come with that you know um and I, again like i want to use my platform to offer support you know and 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 part of the support is by sharing my experience and letting people know they're not alone do i have all the answers for it no i just want to let other people know that i'm working it out and yeah. i think my relationships are starting to open up in a way that they are that important to me that I don't want to have these like creepy little monsters in the closet that want to peer out and ruin it, you know, which they love to do. They love to say you're unlovable. They love to say you don't deserve to be cared for or loved. You're a monster and an abomination. And they say all these really awful things, but it doesn't mean I have to like believe them anymore um and uh but I can keep making an effort so I think with that I I really want to just set the intention now that like I want to commit to um I don't want to I can't say that I'm going to eradicate it or destroy it I don't want to I just want to I want to like learn how it's helped me I want to learn how I can appreciate and release it like, and not employ it as a tool anymore. Like I can retire it and that I'm still learning. And, and I think by like staying connected to people like yourself, you know, who offer practices of embodiment and being connected to yourself in this way, that's very empowering and nourishing and grounding is the way to go. Um, one of the things that I had to do recently too, is I had to stop following certain people on social media that I felt were, um, kind of perpetuating that um the disconnect of the body in an unhealthy way and it includes like I'm 44 years old now it doesn't mean I can't follow 20 year olds but I was seeing a lot of self like hatred and harm and like weird um projections of imagery that felt really um like it wasn't making me feel good so I want to just say too if you're seeing things that um they're not inspiring you, but they're making you hate yourself more. Like maybe you don't follow them, Yeah, you know, because it's not necessarily that you hate yourself. It could just be that there's, you're picking up for me. I would pick up on the, the, uh, the negativity, like Absolutely. their own self-hate. And I would, I would latch onto it. Like the match in me would see it and be like, yeah, I'll keep eating that up. So totally. I had a psychic sensitive being, which I'm, assuming really most people listening to this are so often and for me as big and as dramatic as I've already <laughs> revealed some of my emotions can be at, when I'm on my own like if I'm alone I'm not really relating to the world I have very little emotion it's it's very strange it's like <laughs> As I'm so sensitive, it's like I literally will absorb. It's also part of my gift. It's like I will literally absorb, usually also the unconscious emotions of what's going on around me. You know, and I think that's true for a lot of people on some level. And to know and to even ask ourselves in those moments before 
the overwhelm or whatever, if we can get to those moments and start recognizing, what am I thinking when I do that? You know, if you are stuck in some pattern, just start recognizing, like, what am I thinking when I go into that? And like, what is this person, like you're saying, like, how do I, how do I feel when I'm, when I'm receiving that? And is this even mine? Cause a lot of it isn't even ours, you know, and, and what you're saying, Marcella, it's so beautiful. It's like, we can really just share our experience and, and, the, and, and I feel the same way. It's like, sure. I have these tools that like work for me or whatever, but mostly what I have is just like a willingness to be honest about like one, how amazing and magnificent I am. And two, how fucked up and disturbed and like, not well, like, like how there's parts of me that just like, I always say how people are like, you know, like, I just want to be unconditionally loved. And, and I'm like, I don't expect anybody to love all parts of me. There are parts of me that belong in jail, that belong like not in society. Like there are parts of me that are extremely abusive. Like, like it just, it's just is, right? I mean, there are parts of me there. And, and so it's like what you're saying of like, to be able to share our experience and not have all the answers because all the answers and the seeking for all the answers are the same thing that feed and perpetuate this, you know, like, white supremacist model of idea of health and wellness and, and what it means to be successful and all these things that I just believe are actually really disturbing and are actually deeply dysfunctional, you know? And, and so I just love that you have this platform where you are always, and I'm always so inspired by how real you are, you know, and, and how that in that real realness, it, it, it has to be rooted in our own direct experience. And, and I think that there's this new kind of renaissance of people learning how to value their own and one another's experience as actual knowledge and wisdom. And it doesn't need to be proven by like science or like, I mean, fine, if that makes you feel better. Like for me, sometimes there are like, when I learn about physiological reasons of why my body does what it does, it actually brings me more ease and understanding and empathy. So that's fine. But it's like, I just value your experience just as much as anything I could read more than what I could read in a book. Cause like, I could see you and I could see the, the lightness in your eyes and you, you're like, you're really funny. Like, and I, I, you know, when you were saying about how you never like the way you wear like costumes and like, ever since I've met you, I'm just like, this person is so cool. And like, I, I love that, you know, that's what resonates with me. Like, cause you, you know, it's like, we're aliens, but we're also like aliens walking on the earth. And like, we're not supposed to be like, conforming to like something we're supposed to be able to just like be in some way free to do that I don't even want to say comfortable because I don't know I mean moments of comfort I think are important but just at least free enough to, to be these aliens walking on the earth that are here to you know do do a job I believe you know yeah oh yeah definitely um and we're all we're all doing our jobs <laughs> you know and um I just, you know, I want to thank you so much for um, offering your, your time and your experience here today. And, you know, I just want to ask before we close, um, is there anything that you would like to share or offer that you, if, if, if you hear, if, if someone is struggling right now, being in the physical vessel, like what is something that you would maybe share with them? to offer them the space to have their own experience or the space to process, you know, what might be coming up or, you know, is there anything that wisdom or advice that you would share with them? 
Yeah, I think it's a, it's something that you said, or at least the first thing that comes to my mind intuitively is something that you shared about the willingness and figuring out how to get to a place where we can ask for help. You know, one of the things that, you know, growing up with um, an addict or a dysfunctional family, and like I said, I think I could put all of us in that category, just according to society, that happens to us is that we have these kind of like repressed essentially it's like this repressed, like, I'm afraid to say the word, so I'm going to say it, but like this repressed father, you know, that like literally cannot ask for help, you know what I mean? And so it keeps us kind of trapped in these cycles of whatever it is. And so it's like, whatever, whatever permission you can give yourself and we can give ourselves and one another to share and reveal just a little bit more of who we are. And, and it doesn't have to be the full thing. It can feel so overwhelming, especially initially when you're just like, my whole life is a lot. You know, it's like the talking head song. It's like, how did I get here? You know, <laughs> totally. It's like, like, ah, like this life and this wife and this house and like, holy fuck, you know? And so it's like initially, and you know, I don't just mean initially like once, we're talking about something that's non-linear, you know, healing. It's like, it could happen again and again. In my experience, it has in different ways. But it's like, it does, it could just be like 5%, you know, like one, how can I open and reveal myself to somebody that, that can actually like see and support me because where we bring those things is everything that matters. You know, it's like, that's what changes the patterns of codependency. And, and it, it's just like, we're so wired to taking these things to places where they're going to be judged or they're just going to be like, tried to fix or, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And it's like, that's a big shift is just taking them somewhere where they can just be held and they can be loved for, because they, that's, that's what they want. That's why these things arise within us because they're, they're dying for just a breath of like something that is not like more of what it's always had, you know what I mean? Being hidden and being pushed away and being rejected, you know? So that, that level of acceptance in my experience, it's not just within, it's like, I've really had to bring it to other people's nervous systems. <laughs> and like, Your nervous system hold this because mine can't. And then they're like, sure. I mean, it's not like you even say those words, but that's what we're doing with each other. Right. And, and like, just like how you Marcella, like when you're working, I'm sure you're super resourced. I'm sure you're just like, it's uncontrollable when you're, when you're giving your gift, we're, we're so plugged into source. We could just, it's part of why, like we were walking contradictions, you know, because like we're plugged into source and it's like, I can hold anything, you know what I mean? And then I go downstairs and there's kids screaming and, you know, and I'm like, you know, and it's like, you know what I mean? But so it's like, so it's this process of really, like I said, just, just allowing yourself to have the permission and there's plenty of free programs. I mean, you know, out there that if you don't have money, there's like tons of free resources like that all the way to like investing in yourself. If you do to like, keep going on that journey of like bringing what's living inside of you out, you know, and out in places that it can really actually be held as something that carries wisdom somewhere within it. Right. And it's different for everyone. And I get that too. Like people, when I ask for recommendations for like certain kind of, I'm like, people will send me yoga and like TRX stuff. And I'm like, 
no, <laughs> no, I can't. I mean, I, don't get me wrong. Like I appreciate those things, but like, they're not the thing that make me want to, you know, yeah. like be in my body. They make me feel actually more disconnected. And I know that it works for some people, but it doesn't work for me. I have to like be tricked to being in my body. Um, <laughs> and it's like, I need to be playing, you know, to be yeah. in my body. And um, so be open to playing, be open yeah. to, um, you know, other things that can help you stay connected, um, in ways that actually feel safe and are healthy for you. Um, the other, you know, thing really quickly, I just want to mention is that something I've been doing, I wish I had photos from when I was 14 through 18, but I don't, a lot of them got lost in the many moves or I was homeless. Um, or some just got burned because I didn't want to see those parts of my life ever again. And, um, so what I'm doing now is I do have some photos of like my, you know, six-year-old self, my seven-year-old self. And, um, you know, I've been taking them and putting them on my altar and being like, I'm sorry, I couldn't show up for you then. I didn't know because I, you know, like, and just kind of trying to send like some support down the timeline to say, it's okay to receive support and that you're going to find people in your life that can hold space for you. And like writing my like younger self letters has been super empowering. Um, and you know, emotional, you know, because I think about like how that like alone I felt and like me being there for myself now. So, you know, that might be an exercise worth checking in with. Totally. Like being that loving parent to that child within you, you know, and, and I, you know, I'll give one practical. Cause I feel like, um, I gave you, you know, I, I almost hate like giving people like things to do for some, I always have so much resistance. Cause I'm like, it's okay. Cause you don't want to, anybody telling you what to do. <laughs> I know I'm like don't tell me but but also there's so many I mean I literally like literally my job is to like I give like there's infinite things that I could share but I think also why I hesitate to give that as a general answer is because it's so specific like you know if I'm working with one person it's very clear you know what I mean like just like it is for you right but anyway I love what you just said about the because of course the inner child is like everything that's like everything we're talking about of like really reconnecting and, and replenishing this being learning how to be the loving, friendly adult and parent to the child within us. Right. Um, and so, you know, one of the practices I offer a lot because I do a lot of dance and a lot of healing through movement, um, not dance, like choreography dance, um, but like just intuitive movement. And I love to do it with people that are especially uncomfortable with it. So it's not just for people that like are ecstatic dance, like, you know, people and they're like booty shorts and whatever. I love y'all too. But like, I also love to be like, oh god this is so weird and I'm like yeah like I'm there's something about my you know I don't know Jupiter and Scorpio that's I'm like very like yes like let's go in there but anyway so something that's also beautiful and I'll offer this to you but to me to everybody that those parts of us when they do arise tuning in with a song that that part of you used to listen to because music as we all know is like a connector to spirit it's like our my first and foremost and forever like everything else changes but music is always there and so connecting to a song like and even tuning in and asking spirit or looking at that photo and asking for a song and letting it arise in your consciousness and then even if you're just like in your bed you can't move your body but you just like listen to the song and and feel it or if you can just even like 
rolling around on the floor or just like like moving in any weird ways like imagining like your body was like yawning like there's this like exercise that tones the vagus nerve in our body which is what helps us feel like we can socially engage and feel safe to do so it's like like it's super weird but imagining like you were yawning or your body was yawning and you could do that like imagine like actually pretend to yawn but even pretend to like yawn in different parts of your body your armpit your elbows your hands and and like let that experience and the energy that can flow through you through that experience like do the same thing of what you're just saying like just just to just to have this relationship to these parts of us that you know, we've really been taught to deny, you know, and, and it's not about fixing anything, but it's about relating to it and um, letting that relationship be there. So I love music and listening or sometimes like listening. And for me, it's like all the super angry music and like pounding. I mean, you want to do this like carefully, if you've never felt your own anger, I would suggest like definitely making sure you have good support for doing this. But um, because if you're like repressing 40 years of anger, and then you go to express it, it's going to be a lot to deal with. But I also suggest it. Um, but you know, just like for me, it's also a lot of that. It's like letting out that teenage, like angst and like that. I just, I did a lot of acid. I did a lot of drug, you know, it didn't, I didn't get to fully process it through my body. I dealt with it in lots of other really great ways, apparently, but not, you know what I mean? So even just like putting on rage against the machine and like beating the shit out of a pillow and you know what I mean? Like that kind of stuff for me, um, obviously it's cathartic, but it's also an honoring of these aspects of me that like, they did know what the fuck was going on. Yeah. Totally. You just reminded me of like, I had a total soul retrieval experience at a Tori Amos concert a, f- a couple of years ago. She played in LA at the, um, the theater at the East downtown and, um, a client gifted me tickets and I didn't even know she was playing. And what's wild is she was the second concert I went to, um, in my life out of my own like my own wanting, cause my mom would bring me to concerts, but it was the second time I'd been to a concert that I wanted to go to at 14, um, at the Boston Orpheum theater. I went, took the train by myself and I went, and I was like, Oh my God, I was so brave then. Um, and then, but, um, seeing, uh, and then throughout those years of being a teen and into the raves, like it, anyway, she played as an encore take to the sky. And I felt like it was a soul retrieval. I felt my teenage self, like my raver years, like 17 year old self came back in my body. So I just want to also say that sometimes you can utilize song, like um, call that part of yourself back. That's been fragmented because that was spontaneous. I hadn't planned on it. It was like, all of a sudden I felt my 17 year old self come and back into my body. And I was like, Whoa, um, it was so empowering and, um, unintentional. Now what can imagine if you're intentional about it, it can only be b- bigger, better, right? Like, so, it's so, um, so, cool. <laughs> so cool. well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much again. I just adore you. And I'm so glad we could do this today. How can people find you, um, online? So mostly my Instagram is art of loving. That's where like, most of my obsession kind of flows right now. <laughs> my obsession for all these things we're talking about um, and the exploration of all of them. Um, that's mostly, and that's the best way. And then my um, website is called bodytemple.church. Um, and that's where we have, um, it's actually launching next week, um, a platform where people can just sign up for a very low cost and get, you know, different um, intuitive movement um, 
uh, guidance and, but also somatic meditations and nervous system kind of regulation stuff. And then also we have other things that include live classes and things like that. So those are the two places that I'm just so grateful. And this was also an answered prayer. You know, I had this moment last week where I was like, I haven't been on anybody's podcast in so long. And like, I, I really like love doing that when it's aligned. Like I don't do it the same thing with you. It's just like, I've also have a podcast called soul crush. If anybody wants to check that out, there's lots of great people on it, but I haven't been updating it recently, but it's, it's like, it needs to really be aligned, you know, but I just had this spontaneous thought literally like maybe it was a few days before we started talking. So it was also very, an answered prayer. Cause I was like, I love reaching out. Like, and I don't reach out, but I love like, you know, being in these kind of conversations with other people that I feel are like friends and colleagues, but also like just people that are, you know, on the similar journey and in our own ways. And so it was also an answer to prayer. So thank you. Thank you again, Adriana, for being my guest today on, I hope that you all have a beautiful rest of your day, wherever you're at. And if you think this episode has been helpful, please do share it with a loved one. And I hope that you all feel nourished and supported in your day ahead. Take good care and blessed be. Thank you.